Hello, 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 and welcome to the Shot with Scott podcast, the sports podcast with Amber Scott, where I delve into a different sports topic every episode. Now, for the first episode, I'm very excited to announce that we will be talking all things World Cup related. So in today's episode, we will be talking all things about the stadiums, the different interesting games, and everything I think that's interesting to know from someone who's lived in Qatar for the past eight years. Now, to kick things off, we will start with the interesting facts of the World Cup and what makes it so interesting being in Qatar. Now, it is the first time that the World Cup will ever be hosted in the Middle East and the second time it will be hosted in Asia, obviously with the first being the 2002 World Cup that was co-hosted by Japan and South Korea. This will be the last World Cup to host 32 teams, as the one that will be in 2026 is looking to host more. The matches are hosted in five Qatari cities, and it is a drive that I've taken with my parents before to each of the different stadiums, and we were able to do it in less than three hours without any traffic. So. It does make it very clear that this is one of the easiest locations for fans to be in as you can go to multiple games within a day and you don't have to fly to all these different cities, you just drive to the different stadiums. Barring the Khalifa International Stadium, which has been operational since 1976, all of the other seven stadiums have been constructed over the past three years with the FIFA World Cup in mind, and the Khalifa Stadium will host the third place playoff match. Now, I am recording this on Friday the 18th of November, and we've just found out today that the nation has gone back on their original statement of the fact that booze, alcohol will be allowed to be sold within the gates of the stadium. So, like, not in the actual stadium, but within the area around the stadium. But they have just decided to U-turn on that statement. One of probably the most important features that were built for the World Cup is the Metro. Now, this is nothing like the subway in New York or the underground in London. It is totally top quality you know it is beautiful it is clean and you can tell that it was done in the middle east and that's one thing i almost love about stuff that's built here is that they've got the money to make it look pretty you know so they add the finishing touches that just elevate everything just that little bit more for the sakes of the looks Now, one thing that's not necessarily important or interesting to people that are traveling here for the games is that schools have either gone on holiday for the duration of the World Cup or, like mine, are going online for a portion of it and then we will be on our breaks. And this was actually done in an attempt to take cars off the road because during the time before school so when parents are trying to take their kids to school when parents are trying to come home 
there is just so much traffic and that is partially due to the fact that this is such a small country and there are a lot of people that do live here. Now moving on to tickets. I have gotten game tickets for three different games and two of the tickets I got pre-draw so this was before we knew what teams were playing in the specific games and the third ticket I got was after the draw. So the first two tickets I have are for Denmark, Tunisia and Saudi Arabia, Mexico. And the third ticket I have, which is probably the one I'm looking forward to most, just given the fact that I am a Chelsea fan at heart and like these will be a lot of the players from Chelsea will be there is England Wales so if you guys want a episode after the like after I've gone to those games let me know because I will be more than happy to talk about my experience at the games what my thoughts were about the games and like extra predictions beyond those games like based on what happened in those games what i think is going to happen next for each of those teams especially since the wales england game which is the second to last game we'll actually be seeing is their final group stage game so it will be the perfect time to talk about everything that will be happening in the knockoff stages now we are getting into the part that I think most people probably clicked on this episode for, which is the stadiums. And the first stadium that I actually want to talk about is probably my favourite out of all of them, and that is the Lusail Stadium. This is the biggest stadium in the country at 80,000 seats, and this will host the World Cup final. The stadium was meant to be designed to look like a dow boat from every angle and the thing i like about all of these like the majority of these stadiums have an important tie to arabian culture so a dow boat is a traditional middle eastern wooden boat you know like i almost don't know how to describe it other than the fact that it is a wooden boat you know like that is just how i can describe it and it is called the Lucille Stadium as it is in the Lucille Metropolis. And this is actually one of the centerpieces of the metropolis. Of the more interesting things about the stadium though, is that once a tournament concludes, almost all of the 80,000 seats will be removed and will be donated to other sporting projects around the world. And the stadium will be turned into a community space where um, schools, shops, sports facilities, and health clinics can be in. However, I, in a way, would almost like to see it turn into a concert venue. Now, the next stadium we're talking about is Education City. This one is inspired by the traditional geometric shapes of Islamic architecture, and the capacity of this one is 40,000. And this is surrounded by several leading universities in the country and the area that it is in is called Education City because of the universities and the schools that are around it. 
as I said a few seconds ago, the stadium is 40,000 seats, but this will be reduced to 25,000 seats at the end of the tournament, with the 15,000 seats that are being removed being donated to developing countries. I have actually been to Education City Stadium to watch the final, well, the third, fourth playoff, and the final of the Club World Cup when Bayern Munich won it. The next stadium is the Ahmed Ben Ali Stadium. The 40,000 seater has the distinct design as the stadium and surrounding buildings mirror aspects of the local tradition and culture. The intricate facade reflects the Udomolis of the sand dunes, while intricate ge geometric patterns reflect the beauty of the desert, native flora and fauna, as well as local and international trade. This will be the well, this is the home of Qatar Al Rayyan Sports Club, and this has been both prior and post World Cup. So, what some people will notice if they go to games here is that on both of the sides behind the goalposts, there. The seats are meant to be designed to look like a lion, and this is because of the fact that Al-Rayyan's culture and history involves a lion in it. More than 40% of the construction of this stadium came from the original stadium that pre previously occupied this site. Ex with existing trees, they were also carefully retained and when fans visit, they will be able to travel via the environmentally metro system, which we have obviously talked about before. And after the tournament, the top tier of this football stadium will be donated to other footballing projects overseas. Now, we're moving on to the next stadium, which is the Altamama Stadium. And this is inspired by the gafia, which is a traditionally woven cap worn by the males across the Middle East. And a fun fact is that on top of the gafia, they usually wear a gutra. And the gutra is actually what Laib, the mascot for the 2022 World Cup, is inspired by. Now, this stadium is again another 40,000 capacity. And this was built specifically for the World Cup and it will host a number of matches until the quarterfinal stage. After the World Cup, 20,000 seats will be removed and in this space there will be a boutique hotel and a branch of the world-renowned Aspatar Sports Clinic to be added and for those of you that do not know Aspatar Sports Clinic that multiple top athletes such as the likes of Neymar Jr have gone to for rehabilitation after sports-related injuries. And fun fact, when I was playing rugby a few years ago, I actually went here because the fact it was a sports-related injury. And I've got to say, I fully understand the hype and the professionalism behind this um, sports clinic because it is absolutely phenomenal like I've only been lucky enough to go there once but I would happily go there again and I totally see why actual professional athletes go there when they get injured. Moving right along we have the 974 stadium. Now it's 
the stadium that is probably one of the more iconic and it will be seen to be more iconic in I think the grand scheme of things in terms of World Cup stadiums as the stadium was built fully of shipping containers and fun fact it actually took 974 shipping containers for this construction to be complete and on top of that 974 is the dialing code for Qatar. The temporary venue is one of the most sustainable stadiums as it will be fully demountable after the tournament and this was an idea that for FIFA to use less materials to build traditional stadiums creating a future for developers to follow. Next we move on to one of my personal favourite stadiums which is the Albayat Stadium. This stadium is meant to look like a Bedouin tent and I might be wrong when I say this but I'm fairly certain Albayat in Arabic translates to home or house. Might be wrong about that but I'm fairly certain that that's what it means. Now this stadium is located in the city of Al-Qur and it is the furthest stadium from Doha. This stadium is 60,000 seats with a retractable roof system, an advanced cooling system which is something that all of the stadiums have, so fans from out of Qatar will be able to watch the tournament in comfort. And the reason why I specify fans that live outside of Qatar is that around this time of year you will usually find local, not necessarily locals, so like, not like Qataris, but expats that live here and expats are people that are not from here but they live here and they work here you will find them in coats and jackets because it does in our opinions it does get cold because like right now it well right now it's a bit warmer than usual but it is currently i believe 24 degrees no 29 degrees so it's usually much colder than this at this time so it's usually around about 17 or 18 degrees right now but you need to remember that this country in the summer goes up to 52 on a bad day so as a result of this it is like we find the winter months much colder but obviously i'm expecting the non-locals to come in shorts and wonder why everyone is freezing in these stadiums because we actually went to one of the World Cup qualifiers between Costa Rica and New Zealand and that was done in June so it was freezing in there and the further we walked away from the stadium the more we realized how much the AC did for you because it was just boiling outside and that was almost one of the things we realized about why the World Cup had to be hosted in um, November rather than in June. Now this stadium, going right back to what I was actually talking about, this stadium is the going to be the host of the opening match and this is the first time that the opening match and the final are not being played at the same stadium. So Qatar was always meant to play their opening game here but I'm 
I might be wrong on this one as well, but I think that all of the games that I'll buy it are hosted at 10 o'clock in the evening. Now, obviously, this would not have worked for the um, other games that are done on the 21st, because the original tournament date was meant to be the 21st, but this didn't work, so they pushed the Qatar-Ecuador game to the day before, and that is the reason why the tournament now starts on the 20th rather than the 21st. Now, I'm going to apologise and warn you all that my cat has decided to join us, and he's currently purring, so you are more than likely to either hear purring or meowing in the background for probably the rest of this episode. So apologies for that, but we are moving right along to the Al Janoub Stadium. This stadium is inspired by the sales of the traditional Dowboats, which, if you remember, is the Dowboat is what the Lucille Stadium. Is inspired by and this is a tribute to Awakra's seafaring past and the stadium is obviously based in Awakra. Now I know I'm not the only one that says this or looks at it and realizes it and that's because of the fact that even newspapers in Saudi Arabia have mentioned this. When you look at the Al Janoub Stadium from like a drone view or a plane view it looks more like something else than a dowsel. And now I won't mention what it looks like, but if you want to Google it and find out, then I will let you do that on your own time. This stadium is another 40,000 seater, and the stadium is by the Alwakra station which is on the red line of the metro. Now, a quick little fact about the metro is that there are three different lines at the moment, the gold, the green, and the red. And the only station that you can switch from any of the three, so like, let's say you wanna switch from the gold to the green, or the gold to the red, or the green to the red, or the green to the gold. And it's the only station where you can change onto any of the other two lines is Musharrab Station. And this station, this stadium, again, will be reduced from 40,000 to 20,000 seats after the tournament, with the excess seats from the upper tier being donated to football development projects overseas. Now, we will move on to the final stadium, which is the Khalifa International Stadium. This is the oldest stadium that will be used during the World Cup as it was built in 1976. This stadium has hosted the Asian Games, the Arab Golf Cup, the AFC Asian Cup, and in 2019 it hosted the IAAF World Athletes Championships alongside matches during the FIFA Club World Cup, which was in Qatar in 2019. And this is where Liverpool hosted, or this is where Liverpool lifted the trophy. This stadium underwent an excessive redevelopment in order to prepare itself for the Qatar World Cup. World, World Cup. And it was the first FIFA World Cup stadium venue to achieve Global Sustainability Assessment Certification. 
The stadium arches remained intact, intact following the redevelopment and have now been completed by a wide canopy which supports the stadium's integration of the new cooling system. This new tier that's been added that has given the stadium another 10,450 seats to now give it a 40,000 capacity. And the stadium now has a new LED light system that adds a dimension to the fan experience. You can get to this stadium on the gold line by the Sports City Station. One thing that I personally really do like about the stadium is that by the stadium is this museum called the 321 Museum and it has some of the most phenomenal pieces that I think I've ever seen. Like it has replicas of sports memorabilia, medals from each of the World Cup, like each of the Olympics. It has the mascots from each of the World Cups. It's got the Olympic torches. Like it is just genuinely one of the best museums as a whole that I've ever been to. And if you are coming to Qatar, I do genuinely, like, I do thoroughly encourage you to visit the place because it is an experience of all night. Now, for my probably top three stadiums, it has to be, I'll buy it, I'll, I'll the, the Lisale Stadium, and then probably the Education City Stadium. And my thing that I actually forgot to mention about the um, I'll buy it Stadium is that on the premise, right before you go into the gates of the stadium, there is in fact a McDonald's that is built in like this miniature tent structure. This meant to almost look like a small stadium, or a smaller version of the stadium. And I just love the fact that it's even a feature of the stadium. Like every time I've seen it, it has just always made me laugh because I went to multiple Arab Cup games at that stadium. Now, my random little hot take, not even really hot takes, but these are predictions. Some of them are probably gonna be a few hot takes. Other ones probably won't be. And I think I might go back to these in a future episode and see how accurate I was. <laughs> because I just think that'd be interesting to do. Now that the Senegal Football Association have confirmed that Sadio Mane will not be participating in this World Cup, which absolutely breaks my heart because I was so looking forward to him doing well with his team. I now believe that it's more so between um, Ecuador and Qatar for the second space in that group because to me I don't think I like if the Netherlands team comes and they come for business they I think they will do better than like I think that they will outperform both Ecuador and Qatar but in my opinion Whoever wins the Ecuador-Qatar game will move on to the round of 16. Now, as someone who lives here, I do hope it is Qatar because I, you know, I've obviously watched them play for years now. 
and also uh, they were a guest in the CONCACAF Gold Cup a few years ago and they didn't do badly you know like they lost to I believe it was Mexico who went on to play the US in the final you know so it's like they haven't done it's not like they've done very poorly and they all also are the current winners of the Asian Cup so and they might have lost the um, Arab Cup but you know I think on a larger scale the Asian Cup was much more important than anything else now I based on my like predictions because I have been one of those people that have done the whole brackets scenario unfortunately I think the most interesting game will not actually be a fine final I think it will be the semi-final which will be between Argentina and Brazil and in my opinion whoever wins that game will go on to win the cup so regardless of if it's Brazil or Argentina I think which either one comes home winning that game will be the one to lift the trophy at the end of the tournament but at the moment I have put down that I believe Argentina's gonna win purely because of the fact that there's never been a team that's been ranked world number one in the World Cup, like going into the World Cup tournament time, who's gone on to win the tournament. And also, and this is going to sound so stupid, but in the 2021 season, so in the 2020-2021 season, when um, obviously Chelsea won the Champions League, in the build-up to that, there were so many of those parallel things that were posted between the 2012 season and their 2021 season. And when I looked at those, you know, I always joked to myself that they would then, as a result, win. Because I was like, you know, funny it would be if they won. But those, like, there have also been so many parallels between the year Maradona won the World Cup and this year for Messi and I think also now that he has announced that this is his retirement like not his retirement but like this is his last World Cup I think it would just be phenomenal if he could win it you know and have it end on a high for him it would just be the perfect cherry on top for his whole career I was actually just about recording an outro and then I realized something very interesting. So, obviously, Qatar play Ecuador in their first game. I don't know how I forgot about that, but in the tournament of the World Cup, the hosting team has never lost their first game, which will make things very interesting now, because that is, I now something tells me it's more so gonna go down to goal difference because I wouldn't be surprised if they drew with Ecuador. But if Qatar lose to Ecuador, they will firstly be the first ever nation to do it. And secondly, if they don't make it out of the group stage, they will be the second nation to not make it out of the group stage, obviously with the first being South Africa. But in my opinion, I feel like South Africa should be given a bit of leeway because they were in a very hard group, you know? Like, I think they had Uruguay, France, and Mexico, and they came third in the group. So, honestly, for a nation who 
did not play a lot of football. Like, obviously they played a lot of football, but like, for a nation that didn't play a lot of very good football, that's quite impressive. You know, like, that will always be quite impressive. But now, the time has finally come for the end of this episode because this is all we have, unfortunately, had time for today. Now, let me know what you guys would like to see for the next episode by contacting me on Instagram at the shop with Scott, all lowercase, or on Twitter at shop with Scott. So let me know what you'd like to see. See the champion, take the field down. Unify us, make us feel proud in